0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of BS with Bethany Simcoe. This is your host, Bethany Simcoe. I've been in Hawaii for about three weeks now, and it has already been such a transformational three weeks. So let me tell you a little bit about like what's been going on, but I really want to hop in quickly to the meat of this episode because it's going to be such an impactful episode. I was riding through the outline for this and originally it was going to be about all things abundance affirmations things like that but as i started writing i really started to focus on abundance around money now money is something that is uncomfortable for me to talk about it has been uncomfortable i have experienced a lot of lack around money but i think speaking about it is so important because there are so many of us that have such a lack mindset around money that this is going to be just a group exercise. Okay, we're opening up our minds. And I'm really gonna walk you through my entire relationship with money and really break it down. And it's been so insightful for me. And I hope you guys get something out of it too. So this week has been such a perfect little Hawaii week. I feel like every week here has been amazing. But I'm really trying to just make the most out of my time here. It's been so healing. It has been so fun. I've been surfing. I've been to little markets. I'm a plant mom now. Okay, I got two different plants. Do I know what they're called? Absolutely not. But I said, hey, those ones look real cute. She said, slay. Take them home. I said, okay, slay. So I bought them. And now they're here. And I make myself laugh because I'm going up to Utah in like two weeks. Oh my gosh. I'm going in nine days. Oh, that's crazy. So today is December 10th. I'm leaving to Austin first. I'm going to spend two days there, grab some winter clothes, say hi to some friends, get some shit done up there. And then I'm heading to Utah for a week. So I was not planning on being in Utah for an entire week, but it is so expensive to fly. And listen, maybe that was my lack mindset again coming in because I deserve to fly when I want to fly. But at the same time, those prices were a little ridiculous and I didn't want to give the airline the satisfaction of me paying those. So I'm coming home the 29th and I think it'll be good to like experience winter in Utah and just hang out with family because I'm really not going to get the opportunity to travel as much when I'm living in Hawaii. Also, I got my second piercing in my ears this week. I met a girl, Charlie, at church. Oh, also, I've been going to this cool little beach church, which I have to go to in like 45 minutes. So let's hope that I can wrap this episode up quick. But I have a feeling she's going to be a long one. Anyway, she goes, hey, I need a model to come do seconds on. I need to practice. I said, I'm already there. So got my little shoes on because I've been testing out different shoes every day. Sorry, different shoes every week. This week was the On Cloud Monsters. I gave them like a solid six or a seven. Like they were fine. But now that I've tested out the Hokas, because today was my first day with the Hoka Bondi 8, and I absolutely finished a marathon. And from this moment forward, I will be telling people that I finished a marathon. Did I run the marathon? No, ma'am. Did I finish it? You better fucking believe I did. Okay. I was on my little run this morning, which by the way, I've been running more recently and I'm so proud of myself because everyone in my family runs and I'm just, it's just never been me. Like apparently it's in my fucking genetics because everyone is out and about running. My mom's done a marathon. Two of my brothers and my sister have done a marathon. Both of my little sisters did half marathons. I'm like, where are you guys getting this kind of energy? Where are we getting this from? Where is the desire stemming from? Because I did not inherit that gene. I am a strong bitch. I will lift something off the ground. I will not run. So I've been trying to run a little bit more, see if I like it, and it's been a good time. So I have my four-mile loop that I've been doing. I have been running most of it recently, which I'm so proud of myself for. Every day, I run a little bit more of it. So I'm doing my little loop. And about a mile in, I start seeing, like, a ton of people. And I'm like, where are we all going? What are we running from? So I start jogging with them, and then I start to see, like, mile markers and, like, kilometer markers. And I personally didn't know what I meant because at first it was just kilometer markers. And I'm like, that means nothing to me. So I pass my little halfway point. I'm two miles into my run. I'm having a good time. But I want to stop and I want to start walking. But I'm like, Bethany, these people are running a marathon and you have it's been two miles. You can't stop. OK, get yourself together. So at this point, the hokas had been great. And then they very, very quickly deteriorated. OK, there started to be like this burning in my left arch, which quickly turned into what felt like a serrated knife being dragged across my arch. And I don't know if I've ever felt like that level of arch pain. And then it started spreading to my right foot. Now, I haven't had pain in my right arch in quite some time. Like, it takes quite a bit for there to be actual pain in my right arch because I have plantar fasciitis, specifically in my left, also a little bit in my right. Usually, it just kind of is like a little tingly heat on my right foot, not like full-blown stabbing pain but it became full-blown stabbing pain like three miles into my run. And I was like, no, 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 because I just passed the 25-mile marker and I'm going to finish this marathon. Thank you very much. I was locked and loaded. I was in the mindset, babe. I was finishing a marathon and no one could tell me otherwise. So I'm with these people. We're all finishing a marathon together. The energy was there. So I was like, I can't stop. The finish line is right there. Finally, I was like, you know what? I probably shouldn't take this moment away for the globe worked very hard from it. So I like kind of veered off to the left. And at this point, my arches hurt so badly. And you guys will see the video, but... I like sat down and took my shoes off and I ended up walking home barefoot because it was really bad. Like I had full blisters on my arches, which is crazy. Like I didn't even think that was possible. I think it may have been the wrong size of shoe. I honestly don't know. I had such high hopes for the hokas, but I'm, no. The on-cloud monsters were better and that is saying something. So that's been my day. And then I just came home and I have been riding out my little podcast since then. And usually I just do a very brief outline, but I dove into this because it's something that's so fascinating to me. Since moving to Hawaii, I, I knew that it was going to be a very healing experience. I knew it was going to be very transformational for me. So coming into this, I told myself that I wanted to be like a catalyst for that transformation because there's things that we all know that we should be doing, right? Like there's a future that we see for ourselves and there's things people say, oh, don't be on your phone before bed. You should Meditate, you should manifest, you should da da da, you should walk, you should like, there's all these shoulds, and you're like, eh, cool. I probably should be doing that, but I don't really want, it. like, that's fine. I'm doing enough, right? So I've tried to reframe that into, I really want to do this. I really want to make time for my brain to feel clear. Whenever I get in these crazy states of stress and these crazy states of, I don't know, I, I remember feeling this way in high school, and I wrote about it all the time in my journals how I felt like I could not see clearly. It felt like there was a glass wall between me and the rest of reality. Like everything that I touched didn't feel real. Everything that I saw didn't feel real. It felt like my contacts were foggy or it felt like I just I literally couldn't see. And every time I get really stressed, I genuinely think that there is something in my contacts. And that's how I know that I'm like, oh, my God, like I've officially passed the level of I'm really fucking stressed because now I can't even see clearly. Like I would look at leaves on trees and not see anything. And I don't know how to explain it other than it really felt like there was a glass or like a, even like a foggy glass between me and what I was seeing. And I just, it all groups together. It all coagulated. None of it felt real. And I I've, I've felt this very distinctly through different points in my life. It spanned months. It spanned years. Sometimes it's worse. Sometimes it's not. You know, what do you want to call it? a brain fog? Anything like that. But it just things don't feel real they don't click they don't seem clear but then i've had moments of real clarity where i've been like oh my hell things can feel this clear i didn't realize that things could look this clear it's like putting on a pair of glasses for the first time and realizing that you can actually see individual leaves on trees you can look at a cloud and register the curves of it you can look at something and it makes sense You can look at words and they make sense to you. And it's not just complete overstimulation. And I had one of those moments when I was flying back from L.A., when I went out to L.A. with my girlfriends for my friend's movie premiere. I spent the week with them and I was just off my phone and I was experiencing the moment and I was with the girls and coming home from that trip, I felt clear for the first time in ages. And I wrote it down. I was like, oh my God, like I didn't think this was possible. And I wrote, this was on 4-2, so April 2nd. I said, weirdly enough, my mind feels very clear and in the moment, more than I felt in a long time. I feel like I'm actually experiencing what I'm experiencing, taking in details, looking at the wing of the plane. I can actually see details and process them. I'm imagining what the bottom triangle pieces would feel like in my hand. I feel like I'm actually feeling it. And then I went on to say, it's like when I first got glasses, things felt clear. I could take in details. I actually saw the details I didn't even know were there. Sometimes it feels like I'm looking at a screen when I'm experiencing the world. Like I'm seeing it in 2D. But right now I'm seeing it live. I'm here. The things I'm seeing have meaning in my brain. And in that moment, I just actually felt content. And I wasn't dissociating from everything around me. I was actually in the moment. But that feeling was very rare for me. So I made it a goal when I got here that I wanted to feel that feeling every day. I wanted that clarity no matter what it took. So I've been playing around with things, breath work, manifesting, visualization, affirmation, taking walks, yoga, downtime, whatever it is, I just needed to be able to feel that feeling. That's what brought it from you should, you should, you should, to I want to. I want to feel that feeling. I want to do these things that help me have a clear head. But they're really intimidating. Like, where do you really start with that? For I've been exploring a lot of mindset shifts, but one of the biggest ones that stood out to me has been around money. Again, I wasn't planning on having this entire episode about money. This was just going to be one of the topics I was going to speak about because there's so many things like my content, and my self-image. This one ended up unfolding into a story that I really thought was interesting to explore. Let me walk you through the mindset shifts that I've seen myself experience when it comes to money. Abundance around money is such a hard topic for me and for so many people. It started way before Hawaii, but there's still layers of guilt and shame and fear that surround it that I'm trying to shed. So I grew up in a family that had Too many people and not enough money. So I had six siblings. Total, there was nine of us in the household. At one point, my mom was working three jobs and raising seven kids. At another point, my dad was also working two jobs and there was always this presence of not enough or barely enough. Like we barely had enough. And my mom later told me a story about how she got a knock on the door, about how our electricity was going to be shut off because we couldn't pay the bill or how she got to the gas station and realized that she had $20 to decide if she wanted to put gas in the tank or buy diapers for the kids, right? Like I remember being on Food Assistant. We drank powdered milk and we got canned goods from the community. It was called, I don't remember quite what it was called, but it was kind of the LDS, like Latter-day Saint version of a food kitchen. It was basically like a community kitchen that we could go to and get food. And I think it was around 2008 anyway, so I know a lot of people were struggling. So there's so many people out there that can relate to what I'm saying. You know this kind of fear and stress. And as a kid, this gets really implanted in you because I remember having this conversation with my mom. There was something that I wanted. I don't remember. It was like a gymnastics class or maybe my friend at school had something that I thought was cool and that I wanted. You know, she sat me down and she had this conversation saying, we have these different pots of money. This one goes to paying for the house. This one goes to paying for this. In this pot of money, we have what goes for fun things and we don't have money in that pot. So that's kind of always how I've thought of things is, I always have enough to pay for the house and for necessities, but I don't have enough to pay for fun things. I don't get to have fun things. I barely have enough for covering the basic necessities. And that is what got ingrained in my brain. From a very young age, I was very stressed about money. And I remember hearing my aunt as well, like being stressed about money and just everywhere I went, like I would just hear the adult in like hush conversations or even loud yelling conversations about money. It was a scary topic, it was a stressful topic, and I knew we barely had enough. So it just felt like a big burden on my brain and a lot of guilt and shame and fear built up about it. Then I went to college and I was immediately completely financially independent, My parents really value independence. So once we leave the house, we're on our own, basically. When I went to college, I was stressed about rent and I was stressed about tuition. Like my rent was literally $400 and I was working nearly full time and going to school full time and had a clothing brand that I was trying to work on. So every month I cried about it because I was like, I'm trying to pay for my tuition. I'm trying to pay for my rent all by myself. I'm trying to pay for my car all by myself. I felt abandoned and I felt scared and I felt so stressed. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make rent, but I'm going to. I might barely be able to afford rent and groceries, but I'm going to. And every month, I barely made it. Every month it happened. I paid my bills. I got groceries, barely. And I've always known that I wanted more for myself. I never wanted to struggle with money ever again, but here I was, still seeing that repetition in that pattern. Granted, I was barely 18, completely financially supporting myself while working, going to school, building a clothing brand. So yes, there was going to be some struggle, especially given the beliefs I had been raised around, because as long as I could remember, there was not enough or there was barely enough. So I kept having barely enough. But that was not good enough for me. Early on, I started to look for other sources of mindset. I was like, there's got to be something else out here. So around 16, I started listening to someone named Dean Graziosi. And if there's one person in this world that I could meet, it would be Dean Graziosi. I feel like this man is my literal father. So much of what I have learned and so much of my courage has come from him. So he had this podcast called Millionaire Success Habits. And I would listen to that thing like it was my religion. That thing helped me start businesses. That podcast helped me move out of Utah. Everything he says, it feels so powerful. It fuels me. It impacts me so much. And I was like, I know that w- where he came from was so similar to where I came from in the aspect that he didn't have much. He was always scared about money. His parents had a scarcity mindset and he figured it the fuck out anyways. And I was like, if he can do that, I can do it. So I started to explore other mindsets, see what else was out there. I wanted to break out of the beliefs I was raised on. So at this point, I had already started three businesses, a jewelry brand called Ivy Wall, a photography brand. I was teaching piano. And I knew my ultimate goal was to be a millionaire entrepreneur. Okay, 16-year-old Bethany, 17-year-old Bethany, I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire entrepreneur. I don't know how, but I'm going to be. And honestly, I did not care what it took. So when I was 18, I had a friend. Her name was Emily Fuller. She is still so impactful to me today. She is the biggest reason I started my first business. She started a scrunchie business when she was 15. And I saw that and I said, I can do that. If she can do that, I can do that. So I made my little jewelry brand. I watched her. I admired her. She was such a strength to me because I saw her being so young and doing that. And I said, what's holding me back? I can absolutely do that. So she is a few months younger than me, but she is such an incredible example of what mindset, consistency, and a willingness to learn from action can do. She put together a business course that I enrolled in, and between classes and shifts at work, I would hop on her little daily Zoom calls, and I began to learn to visualize and manifest. So I wrote down exactly what, quote-unquote, successful Bethany in five years was like. She had us do this exercise where she said, visualize yourself in five years the most successful version of yourself in five years. What does she look like? What does she do? What does she wear? What money does she make? What does she do with this money? You know, we're supposed to write that down. So I wrote a little bit of it in my journal. I can't find the sheets of paper that I wrote the rest of it on, but the thing I did get from it was successful Bethany in five years is healthy, wakes up with energy, makes $5,000 a month from her businesses, has friends, is loving. And the day before that in my journal I had written, This is day four in my apartment. I had just moved out at this point. I said, I'm lonely. I don't really have any friends and I feel like I'm going to cry all the time. I'm overwhelmed, too busy, and feel like I'm not good enough. I don't have money or motivation. I feel like I'm doing everything wrong. My depression is getting out of hand and I'm not excited about life. So there's clearly a huge gap there. I was trying to fill that and I was trying to take the steps that I knew how, even if that was not the current reality I was experiencing. This was on August 5th, 2020, so I was just about to turn 18. But now it's three years later, and I look back on that, and I am so damn proud of myself. But also, only $5,000 a month? Girl dream a little bigger, okay? My highest paid month this year was over $35,000. Now, is that every month? No, at least not yet. It will be, okay? And it's going to be much higher than that because that's what I am believing. That's what I'm changing my belief system to be. But right now, $5,000 a month is easy for me. I manifested it three years ago to be easy for me. I planted that seed and not only has it bloomed, it's created a damn forest, okay? I told myself, This is going to be it, and now it is. I told myself $5,000 a month, and I said, done, baby girl. Here we are. So between 2020 and now, I've been slowly but surely reshaping the way I think about money because my family seemed to have some sort of fear around new and nice things. But bitch, I've known from a young age who I am, and that is a bitch with expensive taste. I'm a girly who wants nice things. So three months into living in my little college dorm, sharing it with five other girls, I was so over it. I was like, this is not the reality I want to experience. So a friend of mine reached out about moving into a brand new apartment with her. And I said, immediately, yes, get me in there. Absolutely. Could I afford the rent? No, ma'am. But I was like, I'm going to afford the rent. I'm going to figure it out. Okay. And I talked to my dad and he was like, this is a bad idea. Like you should always pick something a little bit older because that's going to be priced the best these brand new places because we're going to be the first tenants to ever live in that apartment. It was just finished month before that. It was so brand spanking new. My dad was like, that's a really bad idea. Like that's a waste of your money. But in my head, I was like experiences like this living in a place like this could never be a waste of money because it's an elevation of my mindset. It's an elevation of my lifestyle. It's what I deserve to experience. And no one needed to know that I could barely afford it. Okay, I also needed like a deposit of $500. I didn't even have $500 to my name, but I figured it out. The universe made a way and we made it happen. And I did not miss rent one time. I was scared out of my mind every freaking month because I still had the belief that I have quote unquote barely enough. Okay, like that phrase. So every month I barely had enough. I was living paycheck to paycheck, but I was making it because I had the belief that You are going to live paycheck to paycheck, but you're going to make it. That reality kept manifesting. I lived paycheck to paycheck, but I barely made it. Every time I made it, but barely. So after that lease, I found an even more expensive place. And I said, level up, bitch, because we're making this happen. Again, could I make rent? And the answer in my head was yes, barely. So I made it, barely. I was like, I'm going to make it. I don't know how, but I'm going to, even if it's just barely. And month after month, I did until I lost my job. And I was like, you know what? That's just the universe telling me that it's time to take my clothing brand full time. So I did. And it fucking didn't work. Okay, I tried to take my clothing brand full time and I was not making enough. So finally, I had to bite the bullet and I got a retail job building somebody else's clothing brand instead of building mine because mine was not working and I was so upset because I was like universe I thought that this was my opportunity to step into my you know divine potential to step into my bigger future to be a badass clothing brand owner to be a fashion girl who travels the world and inspires people and it's going to be a household name and I had this whole vision for my clothing brand but looking back I just had to get out of that job because my boss was so toxic. That environment was so limiting. I had to let go of that connection so I could find the next connection that would eventually allow me to leave Utah. And I still remember my boyfriend at the time giving me like a little letter with $50 in it telling me about how he's like, can't wait to provide for both of us so I don't have to stress about money anymore. And I remember how impactful that $50 was. That was gas. That was, you know, a gap in rent. That was, that was groceries. But even though I was working a near minimum wage job, I didn't doubt for a second that I was going to get where I wanted to go. I didn't know how, but I was going to be someone incredible one day. And I did what I had to do. And I always had barely enough. So I moved two more times within Utah, never paying more than like six fifty dollars in rent. And to me, that was insanity, okay? I was like, this market is ridiculous. This is a ripoff. I know, ironic now looking at what I pay now and like the market now. And then I really wanted to move to Austin. And this is where my mindset about money actually changed. That's where it really got challenged. At this point, I had dropped out of college. I was still working on my clothing brand. I was a photographer. I was a social media manager. And I was making little outfit videos on TikTok. So I had about 50,000 followers at this point, And I knew in the back of my head that one day, I wanted to do social media full-time, but I was terrified about what people would think, how that would look, so I knew I had to get out of my hometown, okay? You know how that feeling is. I had to leave. I was always going to be small. I've talked about this before, but I was like, this isn't going to work. Whatever I want, it's not here, so I had to get out. So I started looking at rent, and boy, was I not prepared, okay? I saw a $1,000 for a tiny-ass studio. Like, that was the cheapest I could find, $1,000 for a tiny apartment. The place I ended up going with was not a studio, but like that was b- the basic vibes. Something very far out of town, very small, not nice. To me, I was blown away. And I was like, I'm sorry, you've got to be kidding me. But I knew the cost of staying small was much bigger. I didn't know how I was going to make it, but I knew that I fucking would, even if just barely. So I budgeted as well as I could. I genuinely had maybe like $1,800 to my name. And that that's barely, like maybe that. So I had like $1,000 for the first month of rent and then like maybe $800 to get me down there and hold me over. I did not know how long that was gonna last. It was clearly not gonna last very long at all, but I was gonna make it work, okay? I knew the universe would provide. I knew things would work out. And my dad has always called me naive. Like my whole family has always been like, she's just a little naive. I feel like they view me as silly a little bit sometimes or just a little impractical. But to me, I think I'm the universe's little golden child because I am so fucking hopeful and so delusional. And it works out every time. Money came in from the most random sources. Like my mom's friend venmo me. My grandma gave me a random envelope with money. My dad gave me like a gas card for gas on the way down. And little by little, money came in. Things got paid for when I didn't even know they had to be paid for. Like things would come out of nowhere and I'd be like, oh my gosh. And then miraculously, I had enough. And it was the most beautiful experience. And that's where a lot of my trust in the universe stems from. I'm like, you showed me. It showed up. It happened. But you know what? Sometimes I actually didn't have enough, but I kept going. Sometimes there'd be little red numbers in my bank account. And thinking about the next bill bouncing and getting hit with overdrafts made me nauseous. Like it was an overdraft bouncing and then another one. And then checking my bank account was the most stressful thing. I was like, I'm going to throw up. It just keeps coming and I just keep not making enough. But I kept going. I knew it had to work out. It had to. So I just kept working. I kept building. I kept trying to find what worked for me. And I was a social media manager for a few different brands at this point. So after work, I'd make little TikToks. And then I was like, you know what? What if I started like a social media management agency? So my whole business model was to take everything I learned about social media and social media management, put it into a course. And then from there, I would teach other people how to manage. And then I would send them out to go get their own clients. And they bring those clients back. They'd be mentored by me. They'd be little agents. And I'd like take a commission. Like it was going to be this whole thing. And I was like, this is such a good business model. It's such a good idea. And so I poured my entire heart into it. I poured myself in 110% into this. I was like up at 6 a.m., going to bed at 2 a.m., building up the website, building up the concepts, just really, really pouring myself into it. The first course came around and I kept trusting the universe that would give me clients. I said, listen, universe, God, I built this. I'm marketing. I am putting my whole soul into this. I am trusting myself in it. I'm pricing it at a point that I know that I'm worth. Please let my content, please let my marketing come across the people that need it. Please help the people that need me come to me. And I moved forward and acted as if those clients were already mine. So I built it out and I had a full class of clients. And do you want to know why I had a full class of clients? Because I didn't have a fucking person sign up. Not one single person sign up. So the night before, I reached out to a bunch of people and I said, I have one extra spot in the class I want to bring you on like for free because I really think you have potential. So every person in that class thought that they were the only one there for free. But I needed them all to think that everybody else in that class had paid the certain amount of money so they would take it seriously. And I needed to seem like I had a full class. So it would be an actual trial run. And I got really clear about something that I really fucking hated that entire process. Okay, I did not like building a website. I hated managing social media. And I don't like sitting and teaching about social media management and pretending that I like it. So hey, that business didn't work. It didn't align with me. Great. I dropped it and I moved on. I put hours, blood, sweat, and tears. I dropped it. I didn't even care. I was like, this is not worth even reviving. I don't care. But it also gave me the tax and legal foundation because I'd built out the company legally. I built an LLC around it. So it gave me the foundation that I needed for what happened next. I started posting more on social media and a video about some claw clips went viral. And then I started to make more videos and more videos and more videos and more people came and more people interacted and more people followed. And I found something that lit me on fire. I was like, this is so cool. These people give a shit. I give a shit about what I'm doing. Like there is so much energy here, there is so much connection here. And did testing clock clips light me up? No, that's not a passion of mine. Shaking my head give me whiplash, isn't necessarily a passion of mine, but it was the community that was a passion. It was the people interacting. It was showing up for a community and building on something and finding something together. Kind of, like that is what lit me up. We were interacting. We were having fun. I saw what was unfolding. Brands started reaching out. I gained followers. I experienced a community. And I spent hundreds of dollars on clock clips when I didn't know if I had that kind of money to be thrown around. Because I knew the universe would take care of me. I knew the universe would take care of it. Because my abundance mindset was starting to shift and grow and become stronger. Because once I found the winner, I linked the Tony Rose website. I watched the numbers go up. And by doing something I authentically enjoyed and talking about a product that was cool as hell, I made three thousand dollars in a day. I remember sitting with Clocklit Boy. If you guys remember Clocklit Boy, you know what I'm talking about. But I remember sitting with him. We were just hanging out, and you know, I was telling him about what was happening. And every once in a while, he'd check in and he'd be like, "What's the number at right now?" We look at the commission, we look at the number, we would celebrate together because it was the coolest thing. And all I kept thinking was, A, this changes everything, and B. This cannot be real. And then I figured out how to link things to Amazon, baby girl, which is fantastic because a bitch likes to shop. So on Prime Day that year, I made a few little videos and then I just went and checked my commission and my jaw dropped. Okay, I can't legally tell you how much I made, but you know that $35,000 month that I referenced earlier, a hefty amount of it may or may not have come from, you know, that time frame, allegedly. When I tell you, that feeling was unmatched. All I had done was make videos that aligned with me and who I was and what I wanted to do. And the universe said, here you go, just dropped into my lap. I felt on top of the fucking world. All I could think was this changes everything and this cannot be real. I had not accepted that in my mind yet. And you'll see what I mean in a second. So that month, I ended up dropping my social media clients. I dove into influencing full time. And here's what was interesting. I actually didn't get to touch of that money for like three months after that. So I was still operating with the same general amount of money that I had been up until that point and I had dropped my client. So I was like, I just got to glide on what I've got right now. At that point, I was still a little bit dicey about rent, still a little bit hesitant to make purchases, still a little bit stressed about bills. But I knew that I had thousands of dollars coming my way. I knew that I already owned those thousands of dollars and began to alter the way that I thought. I operated a little bit more confidently. I started to relax a bit more when it came to thinking about bills. This was a huge turning point for me because I was also looking for a new apartment at the time. So I had lived in two different places while I was in Austin. And up until this point, I'd been in my little 400 square foot, kind of dingy, not nice neighborhood. So I was looking for someplace a little bit nicer. I was near the domain at this point. I kind of wanted to be downtown, but I was just, I was looking at things. I loved my darling little apartment, but I just, I wanted my dream apartment. So when it came time to look for new apartments, I have a very distinct memory. Both Clockwood Boy and I were searching for apartments around the same time. So I went with him to tour a bunch of apartments. He came with me to tour some apartments. And I remember us discussing our budgets. We were both around like the $1,500 mark. But I was like, I don't think I'm going to get what I want for $1,500. I don't want to settle. I don't want to settle for square footage. I don't want to settle for location. I want what I want. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to bump it up to 1800 and the universe will provide. So I told him that, and he just looked at me and just laughed. And he just was in disbelief. He's like, there's no way you can afford to pay $1,800 in rent every month. And I said, fucking watch me. One thing about me is do not tell me, I don't think you can do that because I will. I'm like, "Uh, watch me, okay? And I have never had more satisfaction than paying rent every fucking month, knowing that I can provide for myself. Because if there's one thing Boy made me feel weird about, it was money. And this was like before the Amazon thing. So... When he said, there's no way you can afford that kind of rent, I said, oh, but watch me. So he got his little place and we stopped talking and I went around the rest of my apartment search by myself. So another part of my abundance mindset shift was getting an apartment locator because that's something I never would have done before because I would have been like, oh, how much do I have to pay them? Is it going to be expensive? That seemed out of reach for me. That seemed out of the question until I finally got the courage to look into it. And apartment locators don't cost anything, but they Get you the apartment that you want. So, looking into that, not being afraid of what it costs, not being afraid to like touch it, not being afraid to look into it, got me what I wanted. I elevated my lifestyle, I elevated things that my mind was open to. So, I came across this absolutely stunning tall ceilings, beautiful backsplash, stunning island, like gorgeous Gorgina apartment. It had a wine fridge, it had so much storage. And I said, I want this. The second I walked in, I go, This is mine. I want this. I will live here. But that little masterpiece was very out of my budget. Okay, it was $2,200 and I said, I'll take it. And I made it fucking work because it was my dream apartment. And I deserve my dream apartment. I deserve a beautiful life. I deserve luxury. And I can afford luxury. Okay, I had thousands of dollars. I knew that in my head. You have thousands of dollars coming your way. So I acted differently. I acted bigger. Because I knew that money was already mine. And it was easy to know that money was already mine. Because I would already seen the numbers. I already knew what was going to hit my account. But it really taught me something about manifestation. How would I act if I knew I had thousands of dollars coming my way? How would I act if I knew that in three months, I would have a very large amount of money in my bank account? Would I choose to live a small life? Or would I think that's silly because I have more than enough to pay for what I really want? I have more than enough to pay for what I need. That was such a foreign feeling to me because I had always operated on, I have barely enough. So now that I had more than enough, I was really thrown off. Cause let me tell you, when that money hit my account, I felt sick to my stomach. I was terrified. I think I was almost more anxious staring at those numbers than I had been when I had barely enough in my account because I was so uncomfortable with the concept of having this much money. Like I would almost rather be stressed and stare at my bank account and like finagle the numbers and stress and stress and worry over it because then I knew that I had control over it and that I was going to make it work because I was going to make it work. Like that was my comfort zone. So this felt wrong. It just felt so uncanny because it did not align with my beliefs. I didn't even want to open my bank account because I was so scared that the numbers would slip away from me. I had these numbers, but they didn't feel like mine. I had the belief that money slipped away from me. I had the belief that I couldn't hold on to money, that I couldn't enjoy it. And the second I felt safe, it would somehow disappear or that I would restrict and binge spend and then it would just all be gone. I'd be so out of control. And do those beliefs sound familiar to you? Can you say anxious attachment? Can you say eating disorder? Stemming from a childhood abandonment wound? Stemming from a chaotic household? Crazy how everything connects. But what I learned from this is that your reality means nothing. My reality was that I had thousands of dollars in my bank account, and I was still unbelievably anxious about money your reality can be that you have zero dollars and you will be on top of the world because you are wealthy and abundant. I was delusional to be anxious about money. That's delusion. That's not your reality. You're experiencing something that's not actually there. That's delusion. So why not be delusional in the opposite direction? Because already that didn't make any fucking sense because it came down to my beliefs, my subconscious programming, because despite how badly I wanted to be rich, wealthy, experience luxury, be successful, et cetera, et cetera, I still believed at my core that I was someone who struggled with money and I had barely enough. And no amount of zeros in my bank account would change that. So as someone who was raised by incredibly frugal parents, I had some reprogramming to do. So in October, 2022, two days after I made that commission, I knew there was a different version of me that I needed to design. I needed to figure out what she looked like. So I wrote down, what does Rich Bethany do? Here's what I wrote down. She buys things that she wants, not just the cheapest version of the things that she wants. She doesn't buy things that aren't practical, helpful, stylish, or good quality just because it's cheaper. For example, that ugly, tacky keyboard I don't actually like and won't enhance my space just because it's cheap. Or compromising for a small or outdated TV because it's cheap. Buying a secondhand, stained, small, uncomfortable, not quite my style couch— just because it was cheap or just because it was on sale because I don't want to wait until I can afford something better. And I was decorating my apartment at this time, so that's what really was on my mind, but... You know, a standing desk without drawers or one that looks cheap or cluttered just because I want a bargain because I will pay for all of this later by being unhappy with my space. And I'll be reinforcing limiting beliefs, being afraid of money and self-sabotaging. So I decorate my space the way that I want to. And I do it intentionally by planning the space and incorporating my needs and my wants I take trips because I value memories and experiences, and I am not worried that I should be affording other things or that a trip will stop me from being able to pay for important things. I do not ignore car problems because I'm afraid of how much they will cost. I do not buy into trends just to trend, and I don't stay out of trends that I'd like to be a part of just because I don't want to spend the money. I can experience getting the exact thing that I want. And I got detailed in this because this is something that's so important to me. So I am conscious and intentional with the items that I bring into my home. They are classy, high quality, unique, and make my home feel clean and peaceful. I don't put up with clutter or buy things that will clutter my home. I get rid of things that no longer serve me. I wake up fulfilled and do not feel burdened by the tasks of the day because my hours do not equal money. My hours equal fulfillment and joy. I take time to leave and reset when I want to or need to. And I take trips or walks or go on self-dates. And if I dread waking up or getting out of bed, I know I need to make a shift. That is powerful shit right there. That is abundance. That is beautiful. But things like that take time and repetition to impress on your subconscious mind. It takes time for that to become a subconscious belief. But that's the right spirit. Like that is the right direction. So writing that down was a vital step in starting to shift into an abundant. Peaceful, calm mindset, especially around money and my time. So a few months later in January, where I actually had the money, I was still struggling with getting the scarcity out of my head, so during a therapy session, I just broke down to my therapist about how the money I'd made seemed like a crushing weight on my chest. Ironic, right? I was so comfortable having barely enough that having more than enough was outside of my comfort zone my mind was rejecting it. I'd spoken a certain reality into existence for so long that my subconscious mind kept making it happen. It said, this is what we believe. This is what will manifest. This is what will happen because you believe it will happen. It just kept coming into existence. And now that something was acting out of accordance with that, I was terrified, babes. I was like, this is not right. Because what if I can't keep it? So in therapy, I made some realizations. And here are little phrases I wrote down. I binge and purge with money. It comes from a scarcity mindset. Making more money honors your inner child because you don't have the worries of an adult. The fear of not having enough, being enough, making enough, speaking enough, being quiet enough, eating enough, not working out enough, like all of those were in my head. I am either not enough or I am barely enough. I think that I have to be in control of everything down to what I eat. But control is such an illusion and I don't have to be in control all the time. And at this point, my eating disorder was hitting some highs or some lows, whatever you want to call it. I was really, really restricting at this point. I was my first time ever going to Hawaii. I went there on like a little solo trip. And now I live here, which is crazy. But if you guys follow my spam page at the time, I think it may be my spam page. But I remember speaking about how anxious I was about my body before that trip. And I was working out more than ever, restricting so badly. I nearly canceled that trip because I was so anxious about the photos, so anxious about the video, so anxious about how it would look, how it would feel. And I just was breaking down into tears every night over it. And I was so anxious. And I had this grip of control over everything. And that manifested in so many things. That manifested in my relationships. It manifested in my money. It manifested in my eating habits. So when it came to money, I made a little game plan to make myself feel better and actually conceptualize the money. So I split it up as fast as I could into bits that made more sense to me, were more comfortable to me. So I invested some, I put some in long-term savings, I set aside some for spending, and the most glorious moment, I officially put all my bills on autopay. What a fucking concept. You mean I don't have to check my bank account like every day? You mean I don't have to check my little spreadsheet of what's due on what day and how much to make sure I have enough? Revolutionary. So slowly, my concept of money is starting to change. My standards around money are starting to change. So I heard a podcast one time that spoke about if you are used to having $20 in your bank account, you will always have $20 in your bank account because that's your bare minimum. That's your standard. But if your standard's $100, your subconscious will always make sure there's $100 there. Even your conscious will always make sure there's $100 there because that is your comfort level and you're uncomfortable with anything less. So that's your standard. But if your standard is $1,000, you will always have $1,000 because you'll be uncomfortable with anything less. And in college, I was a $20 girl. Okay, then I moved to Texas and became the $100 girl. As things started to build up, it was less than $100. I'd get nervous because that was my comfort zone. But now it's $1,000. And to this day, I make sure that there is always at least $1,000 in my checking account because I refuse to get caught off guard by any bill. No matter what hits my account, I can pay for it. I can handle it. I can make it work. I want to be able to go to any restaurant and eat what I want, put my card down and feel good about it. I mean, now I've learned more about credit cards and things and like at restaurants and flights and you put those on there. But you know the vibe I'm talking about. If I want something, I can have it. And not be worried because I don't want to go grocery shopping and feel that fear of, oh my God, is it going to go through? That decline sign, it's engraved in my memory. The amount of times that I've seen that, I was like, never again. I don't experience that life. That is not the life for me. That is not the life I accept. I pay for groceries easily. I treat myself easily. I experience luxury. My beliefs around money are constantly changing for the better. And the next level... Ten thousand dollars. I believe that I always have ten thousand dollars in my checking account. And do you know what's crazy? For months on end now, I have had ten thousand dollars consistently in my PayPal account. Most brands or most deals that I have come through PayPal, so that's where a lot of my money sits. But a part of me is too scared to transfer all of it to my bank account because what if I spend it? What if it disappears? What if it gets lost? What if da da da? What if da Like there's so much fear still around it because why? That money is literally mine. Why am I still scared? Month after month, I withdraw my rent from there. If I need a little something here and there, like I'll withdraw stuff from it, but I won't withdraw all of it. Like I'll keep it there. And it's kind of at the savings, but the root of it is I'm a little bit scared of like, what if it slips away? What if once in my bank account, I just spend it all or it slips away and I look back and I come back to something and I have no money and I realize I was reckless with my money and I was stupid. And those beliefs, again, that I'm reckless, that I'm stupid, that I can't hold on to money, that I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to money, that I'm silly, that I'm naive. All of those beliefs are coming back, right? But month after month, even though I withdraw things, no matter what it is, it always goes back up to $10,000 because that's my standard. And that's been my mindset. That's my belief. So it's up to my mindset and my belief system to change if I'm ever to level up from here. So here's how I'm putting it all into practice right now. First, I realize that I am selecting a version of myself and selecting a reality no matter what. Every time I wake up, I'm selecting a reality. When you wake up, you choose a reality for the day. The broke version or the rich version. I repeat affirmations to myself whether I realize it or not. They're just my thoughts. It's like those things that I'm telling myself, that self-talk. That's just a belief system playing a little radio. So why not choose what that radio station says? Because your brain's going to tell you something anyways. You're choosing a reality anyways. You can't get out of it. So why not fucking pick the one you want? Like it's literally all made up. Money is made up. Your reality is whatever you make it. It's just made up. So make it what you want. Why not choose the rich version of yourself? So I'm changing my dialogue, changing what that little voice on the radio is saying in my head, and I'm choosing consciously what I say so that one day it can be subconscious, right? Like I'm imprinting on my subconscious mind by saying these things consciously, and then they will become my thoughts because what you say becomes your thoughts, becomes your reality. So I've written down a bunch of little affirmations about my career, the people I attract, my mental health, money, things like that. I record a little voice note and I listen to that every night while I do my skincare or like in the car. Like I'll just like listen to that throughout the day It's about five minutes long, just super quick. It can be one minute, it can be whatever. But I highly, highly, highly encourage you to write down some affirmations, record them and then just listen to them throughout the day and have them become a part of like background noise for you even or just consciously say them to you so they can imprint on your subconscious. So here are some of the affirmations around money that I'm ingraining in my subconscious mind right now. I have more than enough. Where I am right now is exactly where I should be on the path to the life that I dream of. I think of myself as wealthy and successful. I am wealthy. I am successful. Abundance is already a part of my subconscious programming. I do the least and get the most. I'm constantly making money in ways that I don't even realize. Making money is surprisingly easy for me. The more playtime and joy I have, the more I receive. The more aligned I am, the more money I make. Everything I need is paid for. Everything I want is paid for. I'm constantly attracting aligned money-making opportunities. Now, one of the biggest things I mentioned in there was staying aligned. This primarily has to do with my content online right now because that's my primary source of income. So as I've said, Amazon is a huge bucket for me. It's a huge source of income. So obviously I'm going to sit at that well and hang out for as long as I can. But here's the thing. I haven't seen a payout of that size since that month that I mentioned previously. And I've been working way harder than making way more videos about Amazon. And yeah, do I shop there constantly? Absolutely. But I got to the point where like brands were sending me things. I didn't necessarily, they didn't light me up. And everything I said was true, but the video itself didn't light me up. And it maybe wasn't a product that I would have like Absolutely needed in my life. So it just didn't 100% align. And I could feel that in my soul and it felt like a rock. And I wanted to be sharing more about who Bethany was. But in my head, that didn't pay the bills. Amazon did. And that's a limiting belief that I'm currently working on because if I'm doing TikTok and I'm doing content to feel aligned with myself and do what I want to do and build my reality. Why do I feel like I still have to do things that I don't like in order to make money? I think that's a belief that got ingrained in myself somewhere is money making has to be hard. It has to be something you don't want to do or it's not worth it. And those videos, I really, really enjoyed and I still enjoy them. But I felt like I had to create to the point that I was almost dreading it or it wouldn't be worth it or it wouldn't work like it had to be hard. So that's a limiting belief because now I'm trying to ingrain the belief in me that the more fun it is and the easier it is and the more natural it is, that's where the money is. That's that's when you make more. So the more of Bethany that I show, the more money I make. I'm not confined to product reviews. That way I can shop and share at my own pace and still share what I love to do, but like maintain that love for it and maintain my energy. So that way what I am sharing is like a 10 out of 10. And TikTok Shop is an emerging platform that I've found good products on as well. You guys have seen me share on TikTok Shop, and I really enjoy sharing stuff on there. And I got so good at sharing that TikTok approached me and invited me to be a part of the program for their top creators. So the top creators on TikTok Shop, they have this amazing commission program. They have check-ins with a manager. I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, oh yeah, I'm technically making payouts from this, but like I I haven't really checked. I don't really know what the vibe is. I'm genuinely just sharing because I'm having a good time. So for months, I didn't check my commission. I just knew that I was having a good time. And when I was about to move to Hawaii, I checked and I was stunned and I knew I was going to be okay. I was like, okay, I have this money to fall back on if I need it. But by changing my beliefs around money, I'm never going to have to because I'm never going to have to fall back on anything because I'm always making shocking amounts of money. That's an affirmation right there. Okay. Speaking that truth into existence. So yeah, obviously I wanted to keep posting on TikTok shop content. Like, Now I really enjoyed what I was doing and I was making money. This is so freaking cool. But my number one priority will always be showing up authentically and being creative in a way that fulfills me. And I worked so damn hard to cultivate a community. And you guys follow me for, yes, Amazon Rex, but also, like, for who I am, for the fun we have together. So I want to honor and continue that. But I had a meeting with my TikTok shop manager this week, and I had a realization. So to give you a little bit of context, I've been reading this book called Who Moved My Cheese. And long story short, it's a cheesy little story about two mice and two little people. So they're in a maze. They're trying to find cheese. The cheese signifies anything in life that we put importance on. But right now, for me, that signifies money. One day, they find a huge store of cheese in the maze, or like a huge store of money, if you will, and the little people set up camp. But the mice keep their shoes tied around their necks. So everybody's snacking, everybody's feasting. The cheese lasts them months. But the mice every single day are looking around, making sure the cheese isn't moldy, making sure to just look at when it's going to run out. But the little people are like, no, 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 no. We live here now. This is where we belong. This is what we deserve. We live here now. And we're never moving. This is who we are. They just sat there. So one day, the cheese runs out. And the little people are pissed. They're scared. They're waiting for it to come back. They wrote out the course of the opportunity and it was time to move on to the next thing. But they sat there complaining about how it wasn't fair and wondering what to do next. Like wondering where the hell it went, who took it away. But the mice already knew the cheese was gone. They had their shoes around their neck, they put their shoes on and went back into the maze. Obviously going to the maze is terrifying because there's not really cheese in the corridors either. There's not cheese in the hallway. There's not cheese as you're running. You just have to trust that you're going to find cheese again. But that's a thousand times better than just sitting where you know there's not cheese. Like sitting where There's no more opportunity. Running and having no cheese is a million times better than sitting and having no cheese. Because either way, you have no cheese. But if you're running, you have at least the opportunity to come across it. So while the little people were sitting and freaking out, finally, one of the little people finds the courage to move on. So he puts on his shoes, he laces them up, and he runs into the maze. And it was terrifying, and it was scary, and he was exhausted. But eventually, he found an even better store of cheese. But he reminds himself to always be ready to move on to the next thing if the current opportunity dries up because there is always more cheese. So that's kind of a synopsis of the book. And I found cheese in Amazon and then I found cheese in TikTok shop. And that brings us back to the conversation I had with my manager. So apparently I make the least amount of content out of all of the creators in the program. And yet my sales numbers are insane. So like the content I make does really, really well, but I just don't make a lot of it. And turns out this month, I only made 14 shoppable videos, which to me feels like a lot. But he said he wanted to see 40 this next month. I'm sorry. 40 shoppable videos you are lying like there's no way because even having that little like orange box in the corner even if i'm speaking authentically even if i'm just sharing something i love it gives an illusion of inauthenticity it gives like a hue of an ad or salesy you know like i'm very aware of that so i'm careful about only sharing things that i'm passionate about and remaining as authentic as i can so he told me the more that i post the more that i make like da, 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 he's trying to convince me and then he went on to say that they're reassessing my position in the program. And I might be dropped if I don't increase the number of posts. So he told me, he's like, once you start posting more, once you start seeing how much money you can make, you might just say, fuck my following. I'm dedicating my page to this. And what I tell you, it was so fucking clear to me. I will never say fuck my following. You guys are the ones that are supporting me, cheering me on. You guys are my community. It would be so hypocritical of me to then turn around and be like, no, 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 fuck this. I'm going to be an e-commerce page. I don't care if I'm making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not going to enjoy those hundreds of thousands of dollars because I'm not doing what I love to do. And I lost my community. So in that moment, it became clear. This cheese is drying up. Like this cheese, this opportunity is almost gone. So it's time to time my running shoes around my neck and get ready to move. I'm not just going to turn my focus away from growing my life just for the sake of money. Like those two things don't correlate. I want to have money and live my life. I want to have money because I'm living my life authentically. And yet I have seen the kind of money that I can make. And I am living somewhere really expensive. So that fear makes me want to cling on and try anyway because that money was keeping me peaceful and level-headed and now it's being quote-unquote taken away. When in reality, nothing is taken. The opportunity is there and then it's not because if you look closely, you'll see when it dries up and the cheese gets moldy and it's not for you anymore. And yet that day that we had the conversation, I posted three shoppable videos. There were ones I'd already like recorded. They were still products that I loved. Like it was nothing different. But I posted them out of fear because I didn't want to be dropped from the program. I knew my commission would drop. I wouldn't have access to the manager. There was a lot of fear behind it. And I was like, what if I don't find something else? All these what ifs started spiraling. And so in that moment, I was wanting to have my cake and eat it too. I was wanting to sit in one place and have my cheese. I'm hoping that I can post 40 shoppable videos and still stay authentic and make money. But I know what means more to me. I know where my future is and I'm not getting anywhere closer to my future by eating stale cheese. But I keep on making videos and holding on to this because I'm scared. I think that there's definitely a way for me to post and not do it out of fear and still do it in an authentic way. But I know that by doing that, I will be dropped from the program. And that's scary because once that money runs out, I don't know where the next supply will be. But I will find a supply that is bigger and tastier, so I'd better fucking start running. I better get out there because I'm not going to find it by sitting here. I want to make the kind of content that people DM me about, that they're telling me that I look forward to binging your videos. Your videos help me. I look forward to watching your videos. You're my favorite creator. Someone this week told me that her and her boyfriend sit and watch my videos together after class. And I was like, that's what I want. That's what makes me fucking light up. I love that. I love feeling like a part of your life, a part of your community. I'm like, that gets me fucking hyped. That's where I want to be. That's what lights me up. And that's what gets you places. Being an e-commerce page doesn't. I could continue to move into an e-commerce space, but that is what fractured me so much in the first place. being a cog in the system and i experienced the same frustration with amazon and by continuing to neglect my intuition i'm neglecting my followers as well and damaging our trust and relationship and in turn damaging my future by aligning with my intuition i can remember that the more aligned i am the more money i make no matter how long i have to run in the maze as long as i'm not getting caught up in what i think i'm entitled to and what i know has worked in the past it will be better than just sitting and beating a dead horse. So right now, this is kind of fun. Like we're in a unique position because I'm in the middle of knowing that I can post in small amounts of shoppable content because, I, you know, I can see that the cheese is starting to dry up. So I know I need to start moving soon, but I'm, you know, I'm still being organic. I'm still posting as I see fit. But again, by doing so, I know I will be kicked out of the program and I won't make the same amount of commission and I have to be okay with that. And I have to trust that I will find the next steps while still doing what I love to do. So there is a new level of income for me and I know I'm just on the other side of that. I just have to trust myself to figure out how to get there. Another way that I continuously keep an eye on my mindset around money or another way that I really make sure that I continue to manifest the things that I am affirming to myself, right? because I have those affirmations, but in order to see them come to light, I have to live that every day in my life. So for example, yesterday I was at Target and a lot of times I get really weird about buying things that are fun because growing up, we only had enough for the necessities and buying things that were fun were, is a little bit of a faux pas, right? We only had barely enough what we needed. So buying fun things for me is still a little bit of like a guilty feeling and I'm really doing my best to get rid of that. So yesterday at Target, I was continuously repeating to myself, if this brings me joy, it has worth. It is worthy of coming into my life. I want it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll buy the cheaper version of it. no, no, no. I'm buying the version of it that I want to buy. I'm buying the color that I want to buy. I'm only buying it if it's something that aligns with me and if it is something that lights me up and aligns with me, I will absolutely buy it. Like I right now, I'm wearing these little shorts with hearts on them that I bought yesterday. And I love it. And I'm sitting next to my green new little water bottle, Stanley-looking thing. What is it called? Simple Modern, I think. But I bought that yesterday. And I was like, no, 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 I already have a water bottle. Yes, but you have been wanting a water bottle with a straw. You've been thinking about it. Just get it. And I got it without any guilt because I repeated to myself, I am so abundant. I can have anything that I want. And buying things that I want brings more abundance into my life also by being afraid to buy things that I want because I'm afraid of like what I can afford continues that loop of fear continues that loop of me not being able to afford it another thing I want to touch on when it comes to the concept of money is asking for help and hiring help. Because for me, I've always been like, it's so silly to hire someone to do something that I can do myself, primarily answering emails, taking care of the business side of things. While that's not what I like to do, like I don't like to do that side of things. I just figured it's part of the business. It's just part of what I do. And it doesn't take that much time out of my day. I can do it. It doesn't take that much brain power. So I figured it would be a waste of money for me to do that. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, okay, maybe I do want to hire an assistant. Maybe that would be a good hire to have. And I've heard so many times from successful people that you have to make a hire before you think you're ready to. Like you have to be able to delegate before you think you're ready to because your time is your biggest resource. Like what do you think your time is worth? And so for me, I really was not planning on hiring an assistant But I had a friend, Tiffany, who had been working with me all summer to put on these fitness influencer events. She approached me and said that she had a little opening in her schedule and was wondering if I needed a social media manager because that's her specialty. And I was like, I think I've got that on lock. Like, I really like doing social media, but I've been considering hiring an assistant. And she said, I've been an executive assistant for years. Like, let's talk, let's chat, let's meet about it. And I, I really was not planning on actually following through with it. But we met up and she talked to me about what she could do for me, about how my time could become mine again, like how I could use my time to be creative and use my time to focus on other things. And I was like, you know what? I can do it. I can invest in this. And by investing in this, I'm investing in myself. I'm freeing up my time. I'm freeing up my mind. And it honestly was the most helpful thing because around this time I was dealing with depression. Like I'm I'm still coming out of it, but this was just a few months ago and I was pretty heavily depressed and it was so hard for me to keep up with emails, to keep up with things that needed to be kept up with, like brands and things and managing shipments and managing my life and managing my schedule. Like I was just so depressed and so overwhelmed, being able to have that reassurance that even if I was depressed and could not get out of bed that day, that there was work being done and that things were getting done in my life was such a weight off my shoulders because I was like, at least I know that Tiffany is doing her damn best out there and that shit is getting taken care of and it's gonna be okay. So it wasn't as overwhelming and it's just been like the most rewarding thing to know that I value my time. I value myself and I'm willing to invest in myself by freeing up my time. And I really think that that is such a wealth and abundance mindset that I want to step more into. Because the more that I free up my time, the more that I get closer and closer and closer to doing the core work that I succeed in that I excel in. And the more that I can delegate, the more I can focus on what I do best. And I'm excited to see how that works out for me more. But really, Hiring an assistant was such a, a scary and rewarding thing, but it also showed me that my mind is in the right place, that I am valuing my time, that I'm valuing my future because I believe in myself and I believe in my future. And I've heard time and time again that you have to make that higher before you're ready because you will never access a higher level of operation or a higher level of income without making that choice, without allowing yourself to free up your time. Like you have to make a bid for yourself. You have to make a vote for that higher version of yourself before it can come to fruition and then coming into this there's two shifts that i have already made that i feel are so important with your mindset around money number one earning money is not taking it away from someone else it's a limitless resource if you are afraid that you're taking it away from someone you will always be afraid of making it and number two you've heard that money is the root of all evil but my favorite quote is if you think money is evil you haven't given enough of it away yet Making money gives you the sacred opportunity of sharing that. You've been given abundance. You can bless other people with abundance. Like helping people around you and doing that more and more and more easily. Like the more you receive, the more easily you can help people. So I want to be at the point where someday... Is someone in my life has a heart attack, gets hit by a car, whatever it is, I am completely calm because I know I can pay for the entire hospital visit. I can pay for the best doctors. I can pay for their physical therapy. I can cut a check. I can swipe my card for whatever it is, and they will be okay. I can take care of the people that I love. Money is not an issue. I see that in my future. I know that will be for me. That is my goal. Money will not be an issue. I'll be able to take care of the people around me and make their lives easier. I want to be able to just show up for them and share that abundance that I have because I have abundance, so they have abundance. And the holidays are the best too because when you have more, you get to gift more. You get to see people's faces light up when you give them a gift that they've been thinking about or something you know that they'll love or something that will enhance their life. And having more money gives you more opportunities to do that. So the biggest thing is to get rid of the fear around money, the morality around it. And if you're someone who's skeptical and bitter about this kind of stuff, you will remain skeptical and bitter and broke. And you probably won't get anything out of the podcast because you are choosing not to. But I believe that not only my page, but my podcast in general attracts people with open, abundant mindsets. So if you're someone who is open and eager, you can listen to this and do something about it. You are someone who's prone to action, like you absorb this information and you act on it and you think about it and you find more resources because you have an open and abundant mindset and then you'll look back in a year and you'll say holy shit look at the way my life blossomed and the people that listen and receive are the ones that cannot fail because since when was being skeptical and jaded fun you've been dealt your cards now figure out what the fuck you're going to do with it you've been dealt your cards now play And I mean play, okay? We are literally here to play and have fun. I was dealt a hand and I built from the ground up. And there are so many other stories like mine of people who knew what they wanted and made it happen against all odds. So it's possible and you deserve that. And I know it can be so easy to get hardened, but having money is about joy. It's about fun, light, energy. Money is a light, vibrant energy that wants to come to you. Another favorite quote of mine is, If doing what you've been doing worked, it would have worked by now. And I say that in the sense of if being hard on yourself worked, it would have worked by now. But it works with so many things because if your current attitude is rendering a life where you live paycheck to paycheck and you feel like you want to cry every time you check your bank account and you skip out on going to dinner with your friends because you can't afford it or you only ever window shop because you know you'll be able to pay for your water bill if you buy a new pair of pants, that's not working. And if it was going to work, it would have worked by now. That's not the life you were meant to live. There is a brighter future for you, but no one can make you believe that. I can't make you believe that. Your friend can't make you believe that. The best podcaster, the best motivational speaker in the world cannot make you believe that. All I can do is sit here and share my experience and hopefully spark something in you. So let's talk about how this is manifesting in my life right now and what current shifts I'm making. Because you guys caught me in a great time. Like, I'm doing this with you. I'm still learning how all of this works. I'm still figuring this out. So together, we are going to watch this transformation. One of the biggest ways I've seen this manifest has been in my move to Hawaii. Every time I told people I was moving to Hawaii, the first thing they would say is, wow, it's so expensive. And every time in my head, I would rebut not for me. Because it's not expensive for me. In my head, I was forming the belief, It's not expensive for me. I don't know how I'm going to afford it, but I'm going to afford it. It is going to be easy for me to afford it. I'm going to afford the apartment that I want. I'm going to afford the life that I want. And whether I even realized it or not, I was settling those beliefs into my mind because I knew that I was going to get there and I was going to make it. I've even joked about how expensive it is here. I've said it in videos. I've said it on lives. But in the back of my head, I know that I can live anywhere I want and I will make it work. And honestly, I've tried to be a lot more careful in the past few days of how I speak about money because I know my mind is always listening. I know the universe is always listening and whatever I say goes. So if I say it's too expensive here, it will be. I'll be annoyed every time I buy groceries. I'll complain every time I go to buy deodorant. I'll complain about how much it costs. I won't buy fruit because I feel like it's overpriced. And not only will it be too expensive for me now, it will continue to be too expensive for me. Acknowledging that things are constantly out of reach will affirm that they will continue to be out of reach. So yes, Hawaii is objectively more expensive than other places. But when I think of expensive things, I think of exhausting, stressful, wears you down, can't keep up. And I've tried playing with two different frames of mind to change that thought process. So number one, expensive overall doesn't mean expensive for me. So objectively, it's expensive, but that does not mean that it's expensive for me. And that does not mean that it's out of reach. So it doesn't hurt my wallet because I always have more than enough. I'm not worried about it because I always have more than enough. No matter how much milk costs, no matter how much rent costs, no matter how much gas costs, no matter what state I'm in, I will always have way more than enough. And two, changing the meaning of expensive to me. So make it like an achievement or an honor. Like Yes, Hawaii is expensive and I live and thrive here. That simple shift gives like a whole new energy like, damn, Hawaii is so expensive and I afford it easily. Gives like a little diamond sparkle like, oh, expensive. So when I was planning my move out here, I knew my income would expand in time for me to make it happen. I didn't know how, but I knew everything would line up and it did. I've made that a deep internal belief by continuously trusting the universe and watching it pan out. So by adjusting the way that I speak to myself the way I see myself and the beliefs around money, I am already leveling up. I'm already choosing bigger opportunities because if I see an opportunity that I perceive to be out of reach and I perceive to be way too big for me, then I won't go for it. And I will never experience that. I will always continue to play small because I believe that I am small. So I'm always leveling up by choosing opportunities that align with who I am. Like you choose opportunities that align with you. And by believing that the more aligned I am and the ways that I make content and the ways that I live, the ways that I work, because you're born as who you are and you're born with a certain purpose and certain things that light you up. And if I believe that the more I align with the things that light me up, the more money that I make. And by the more money that I make, the more I allow myself to be aligned. And the more I'm aligned, the more money I make and the more I receive, like it's just a self-feeding loop and it never stops and it just gets better and better and better. And the more I believe it and the more I expand my affirmations and my self-concept, the more fun I have with it. Like this week, I've had so much fun with this. I feel radiant. My smile feels lighter. I think more kindly about myself and other people. I find myself laughing and smiling and I wake up with joy in my heart. And that is a feeling I would have killed for at so many points in my life. That's all I've ever wanted, to wake up with joy in my heart. So things like this, they are not heavy. They are not have to's. I've seen people talk about this and they get into this place of you should, you should, you should. And it just seems a little bit high and mighty. It seems a little bit out of touch in a way. But It's such an inviting presence. It's such a, I want to do this. I get to do this kind of presence. It's not heavy at all. It's a bright invitation because we are limitless. I am limitless. My ability to make money and my ability to receive has no limit. And when I say limitless, I used to hear like push yourself to your limits and then beyond, right? Like hit your limit and then limitless. You just have to keep going. And that exhausted me to think about but now I'm starting to hear a promise, something that will come to me that I don't have to chase, but it will feel so warm and bright when it does come. So this next chapter is about shifting my mindset to one, I always have way more than enough, not just barely enough. And two, the more myself I am, the more I receive. And three, the more fun I have and the more calm I am, the more I receive. All of these things are running around in my brain right now, and I'm still feeling like a little bit of a baby, taking these baby steps when it comes to really, really shifting my mindset because I think that I've done a pretty good job at to this point, shifting my mindset, finding a bigger future for myself because I've always known that I was going to play big. I've always known I wanted a different future for myself and I've always known that I never, ever, ever wanted to struggle with money again. Growing up with that kind of struggle, seeing that kind of struggle, I knew that I would never experience that again. My children will never experience that my future family and like I want to be able to have this abundance not only fulfill me but fulfill my siblings and my parents and my future children and my future husband like there's so much abundance and there's so much to explore around this one of my favorite resources that I've been listening to is your manifesting bestie podcast I kind of came across this on accident, but it's been so amazing to just listen to the way that she speaks about things, her experience with things. And I love just finding new resources and just learning. And I love listening to Habits of a Goddess podcast. She has some fantastic affirmations on there as well. Just listening to them whenever I can, exploring what that looks like for me. And it really has already within this past week brought such a new level of joy into my life and excitement and I can't wait to continue to see how that expands on itself. So there's a little bit and by a little bit I mean a lot bit I really wanted to share with you guys as much of a full spectrum as I could to give you an idea and hopefully inspire you and hopefully help you see that abundance in your own life and hopefully help you see what is possible and create a new reality for yourself and I have so much more to explore and I hope You are having so much fun on your exploring journey as well. And I hope you were able to receive this with an open heart. And that is all for today. I'm going to go head to the beach and I'm going to just enjoy this wonderful, beautiful life that we are here to experience. My podcast channel is at BS with Bethany Simcoe, or you can follow along on my personal channel as well, which is Bethany with two Y's, so B-E-T-H-A-N-Y-Y-S-I-M-K-O. And that has been BS with Bethany Simcoe. I will see you when I see you.